You're listening to Rust Belt Running. Running is what makes me realize that, like, I'm a human being who is worth something. That is not a good measurement of my value as a human. We get between eight and 10,000 additional comments, and I read every one of them. So you had to run Sand Run for your first. You become race director and take it out. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, it's got to be old guy naked in the locker room. I, I get to spend time with my friend Adam. I get to do something with my friend. Right now, I'm not thinking much beyond what I'm going to be drinking next week at this time. Coleslaw on a taco is not taco, it's barbecue. And so we'll be discussing tonight with some occasional swear words from Andrew because he's upset. And that's okay. I know him as the biggest Kid Rock fan around. You rap that. <laughs> oh, dear God. You're listening to Rust Belt Running. I'm Adam Wheeler. You can find me on social media at Wheels Up in CLE. Joined, as I always am, by Andrew Hedinger. You can find him on social media at Andrew Runs A Lot. If you want to find the podcast on social media, you can find us at Rust Belt Running. Andrew, another week. How you doing, bud? Uh, dude, I'm, I'm doing great. I... Uh... I am doing, doing fine. <laughs> I went from great to fine real quick, didn't I? Do you want to add uh, a third option in there? Like uh, we could decrease this anymore. Good. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good. Yeah. Uh, running wise, things have been awesome. Uh, we're running podcasts, so yeah, we'll we talk are. about running. I, I had a really good week. Really enjoyed the weather last week. Uh, I, uh, I, I, we had nice weather yesterday, and uh, my wife and I are kind of you know, trying to work out our, our, our workout schedules slash being parents. Uh, and yesterday was, um, was a day where I decided to take running clothes with me to work. I work, mm-hmm. uh, 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 kind of between green and Akron that like South Akron area there, okay. um, near the, near the interchange. And so I just zipped on over to Manchester road and, uh, hit the trailhead there. Ran to South Downtown, turned around, ran back, enjoyed some time uh, on the lake. It's a nice stretch or, over there. Or river, lake, lake. I think it's a lake. Yeah, the Cago River turns more up in Cago Falls, so that's one of the lakes. Okay, one of the lakes, um, one of the reservoirs down there. So yeah, I got to got to enjoy some oh, just beautiful weather yesterday too. Yeah, it was. So uh, yeah, I'm. I'm loving it. We got some cool weather ahead, which eh, we were expecting. Yeah, it's spring in Ohio. What are you going to yeah. do? Uh, today definitely was that reminder that we live in Ohio. <laughs> yes. I actually didn't mind today. Today was nice. No, uh, yeah, not bad. From a running was, standpoint. When, when the rain dissipated, yeah, yeah. it wasn't terrible. Uh, but yeah, when the rain was here in the morning, it definitely was um, It was definitely a reminder that, yeah, we're this is still Ohio. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just glad to see the mileage uh, getting back up. Um, and I, d- I don't know what I put in last week, but I feel good about where I'm at. So good. Yeah. How you doing? I, I too am great. Fine. Uh, no, I'm good. Um, I'm in that I'm in that stage of marathon training. Uh, Scott Fobble titled uh, one of the chapters of his book inside a marathon the desolate hellscape that is marathon training and that's where i'm at right now <laughs> just you know just constantly tired as the miles yeah. um add up but i i mean i feel really good i actually um it's like i don't want to complain about 70 degree weather i think 70 degree weather just immediately after like 20 degree weather uh from a running standpoint was hard to enjoy because it's like my body was doing one extreme then it was doing almost another extreme so running today when it was like mid fifties and cool and a little drizzly was actually like, Oh yeah, like this is, this is nice. I can do this. This feels like what I want to be running in right now. Um, but it, it was really nice. I got out yesterday and, and did a very like short mini hike yesterday for the first time all year. And I, I've needed to do that. I've needed to get out and just kind of enjoy being outside for the sake of being outside. So it's like you said, we're still in Northeast Ohio and spring is going to throw us all sorts of little, little curveballs, but it's better than it was two months ago and I'm, I'm enjoying it. I tell you what, I do not struggle with the 70 degree. I do, I do not struggle with the warm like you do. Uh, I, the, I think the, the only reason I struggled is because it was such a quick turnaround in like three days. 
Oh, I see. I think adrenaline takes over so much for me yeah, I'm in sure. that weather. Like I just, because I just despise the cold with every fiber. Oh, for sure. And, and like, you'll go out in the cold for me. It's like, Oh, it's so good to just run outside and not hate my life. Like, right. Cause I do so much, tre- so much more treadmill running uh, when it's bad. So yeah, like I, I don't, that doesn't have, I don't have that same effect that you, uh, it's you it's always of. been a hallmark of mine that the first couple of weeks of like whether basically once you get into the 70s the first couple of weeks my body doesn't like it like i personally love that weather but from a running standpoint i don't and then once i get used to it it's fine yeah. and i love it for the rest of the year and i run well in it um but initially i've always struggled with that bump it's like once you get above 60 once you get above 69 it gets really really tough so it's no longer nice it's no longer nice <laughs> That, uh, no, yeah, I, I'm, I'm good. Like I, I'm less than six. We're, we're less than six weeks from our race and I can't believe that it's already that close. And yeah. Yeah. yeah um, so you're approaching taper. Yeah. I'm in the middle of the, the hardest four weeks that I've ever mm-hmm. run. And, uh, yeah, this week. And then my, my peak week will be two weeks from now. And then I'll, I'll start backing off a little bit and I don't know where the time has gone, but here we are. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of Pittsburgh, I uh, I got some feedback on the music from last week. <laughs> from who? Uh, might have been Will. <laughs> so Will Mercer messages me. Um, uh, let's see. He was listening to us yesterday. I think, <laughs> I think it was yesterday. Let me find our text thread. And <laughs> oh, my God, I've texted a lot of people. Where is he? I can't find him. Um, but he, uh, he texted me yesterday and he's like, Jesus, like three mentions. I feel like a Baskin and Phelps friend of the show. <laughs> <laughs> and I just said, LOL, Eddie in Westlake who calls into every sports show every day. Eddie and Westlake hate the dude. He calls in had that like, kind of time. I, yeah, I, he calls in like he's a guest of the show. It's like, no, you're still a caller, dude. And he calls in like everything's matter of fact, like he's some type of insider. No, you just have an opinion, Eddie and Westlake. Just tweet at Ken Carmen like everybody else does. Loser. Ken loves those tweets too. And now he's loving the he's loving the Instagram. <laughs> yeah, the Instagram. Yeah. We should get him on the <laughs> why not? I mean, Lord knows we've had plenty to talk about. Yeah, well, this would be an interesting week to have them. There's a segue for you. Oh, yeah. So in, in a few minutes here, you're going to be listening to us talk to a two-time national champ, one-time indoor, one-time outdoor uh, race walker uh, from uh, Rio Grande University in Southern Ohio, uh, Dean Freetag. He's, uh, he's my wife's cousin. He's a good guy and a national champ. And we really enjoyed talking about race walking. Which was ironic because, again, Will Mercer, there's two mentions for you, Will. Um, Let's go for the third. And we'll get it in there somewhere. Uh, that's what she said. And, um, but he had he had posted something about his wife's power walking form last night. And so he I was it. it. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he gave he us a, it. Looks good. So, you know, but the irony in that was awesome. Uh, but yeah, we enjoyed spending some time talking about race walking and college track and, uh, you know, kind of what it looks like to be an NAI, NAIA national champ. And that's a, that's a big distinction and it was an honor to bring him on. And so we hope you enjoy our time uh, with him here in a little bit, but we, uh, you know, we, we've talked a lot about sports in our time here and we have a, you know, a story that kind of transcends sports and, um, I, I, I don't know really what, I mean, just life and, you know, world issues and I'm not sure, like, what line does it cross? Like, what what's the word I'm looking for here? You know, Women's rights, because, I guess? It's tough because for us, like, sports is, is entertainment and getting away, but it's, it's normal humans that play the sports and um, can do really good things and can do really you know, awful things. And it's like, you can't can do separate, both too. Yeah. You can't separate the human component from the entertainment component, And right. Um, that, that was just booted right onto our doorstep. Well, 
Browns fans doorstep in the in the last you know week or so. So yeah, so Deshaun Watson has uh, 22 uh, civil allegations of sexual assault against him. Everybody yep. knows. Uh, we kind of wanted to offer some of our thoughts as the Browns traded six draft picks to uh, and no players to acquire this quarterback who is arguably a top five quarterback in the league. Yes. And you add him to one of the more talented rosters in the league, you immediately jump to the top of the AFC pecking order and yeah. are, uh, I think, one of the top five teams in Vegas odds to win the Super Bowl, even though you don't know how many gains you're going to get out of the quarterback you just signed. So we just kind of wanted to get some thoughts, give some thoughts on this um, as we uh, we know that it's, yeah, it's a, it's a tough issue for a lot of people. And um, whether it's people who absolutely adored Baker Mayfield and will will die wearing his number six Browns jersey, um, or or whether it's you know women who feel like they you know weren't listened to and have kind of been ignored <laughs> in trading for a guy and giving him two hundred thirty million dollars guaranteed, and uh, while wow, he's going through all of this, so. Yeah. You know, what What are some of your kind of initial thoughts? I know you and I both, I, I keep using the word grimy. That's that's my word for it. It's a, that's it's a good it word. It's a good it's, word. It's like when you touch your car and it's, and it's dirty and it's just on your hands until you can wash them. Right. That's, that's what this whole thing feels like, except real life and way worse than that. What's funny is that as you were talking about how he's a top five quarterback, like I still don't think I've kind of married the idea that my team has a top five quarterback because it's so hard to get past yeah. everything else. Um, yeah, I, you and I, you and I talked immediately after the trade came through because it was just easier to talk than it was to text. And um, I think I told you at the time, if I didn't tell you then, I've told you before, like, I hate, I hate that the fans have to be the final arbiters in all this. Mm-hmm because the league isn't going to do right in this circumstance. Like there'll probably be some sort of a suspension at some point. It'll feel like a slap on the wrist. Cause it's, it's not going to be, it's going to be the sort of suspension that like, Hey, we can, sh- we can show that we did something, but we also want him on the field because him being on the field is how we make money. Um, and so for fans, it sucks because it's like, ultimately we have to make the decision. Like, are we comfortable watching it? Are we comfortable supporting it? Are we comfortable tuning in? Um, and I hate that. And, and I, you know, the one thing I do find myself hating in all this discourse is that um, like the Browns are being held up as like this team that did wrong. And it, it strikes me after just three months ago, I watched, Ben Roethlisberger win his last home game, which came against the Browns. And after that game, I watched the city celebrate him, the team celebrate him, and the network broadcasting the game celebrate him. And that's a guy who's going to be in the Hall of Fame and has won a Super Bowl, but also has pretty serious allegations made against him by women in his past. It gets forgotten because in the NFL, winning cures all. Um, and so that's why I say like, it sucks because the fans have to be the final arbiters. This is all going to be forgotten if Deshaun Watson goes on and has a really great career. Um, and that makes me feel uncomfortable. Um, what I keep myself coming back to is that I am not going to tell anybody that they're wrong in terms of how they feel about this. If this is like a final line that you say, you know what, I just can't support it anymore. Yeah, I get it. If football is a really big thing for you and you can't think of giving it up and you want to stay supporting it, I get that too. Like, cause that's kind of where I'm falling. Like I can't give up this team that I've been rooting for my entire life. Um, and the really weird line and it, it, it feels weird to me, but I guess I'm getting comfortable with this line is that I'm still going to back my team. I don't have to like the guy and I don't have to support the guy. And you'll never hear me defend the guy. Like I made a lot of jokes about Ben Roethlisberger over the years if you want to throw my way about Deshaun Watson, feel free because I'm not going to defend the guy. Um, but there's a lot of good guys on the Browns too. Miles Garrett is a fun guy. Nick Chubb is a fun guy. Am I supposed to deny myself backing them and watching them because a decision that I had no control over was made? Um, so that's where I find myself coming out on. But it's kind of this winding road that's got me there. And I know that it's 
that decision is going to make people feel uncomfortable. And if it makes you feel uncomfortable, like I am sorry, but I also get the discomfort. I don't blame you. Well, and, and it, <clears throat> I think the one thing that is important to keep in some context is um, there were 13 teams reportedly interested yes. in Deshaun Watson. This, yeah. this isn't, Yes, the Cleveland Browns made the move, and and I'm a Falcons fan first and foremost, which it's it's a and really, your team was one of the teams that got to the finals. Yeah, they were. Stage, yeah, and and I was, you know, and and that's per- perfect. So like, well, first let me say, 13 other teams, yeah. and uh, you know, the the NFL is the one that okayed this. Yes, and then it's the responsibility of the front offices of the 32 other teams to put the best product on the field. So. Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry and uh, Jimmy and D Haslam, they did their job as grimy as it is. Yeah. The NFL is pretty much okayed this. Right? I mean, just in history they have, I mean, you can I Ray, mean, Lewis. You, you, Ray Lewis, you, you know, you brought him up. I'm sure there's people before that, that, you know, maybe you and I can't think of is before social media, before you and I were maybe aware of some of the social issues like that. And sure. Look at, you know, from a Brown standpoint, there's a statue of Jim Brown outside the stadium, mm-hmm. Google Jim Brown and women and see what you come up with. Well, and, and I mean, just Google players of any team. And, yeah. and, and again, this is not to justify anything Deshaun Watson has done or to try to make no. him out to be a good guy. I think that's where the comparisons can get dangerous because, um, you know, you, you don't want to make, I don't want it to seem at all. Like it's like, well, Jim Brown is a bad guy and we admonish him. So everything's fine. Like that's not, <laughs> that's not the point that's, being made jim brown's not a good guy and really probably shouldn't be celebrated the way he is yeah um, it goes and, to show what the issue is which is that yeah we're in, willing to in, ignore it right in sports we are and yeah. that's just that's where we are as a society so like the nfl allows it but the nfl allows it because we've allowed it just yeah. over time i mean ben roethlisberger is going to get a freaking statue yeah he'll be in the hall of fame kobe bryant kobe bryant has a statue doesn't he i'm pretty sure he does um if he doesn't he will i mean yeah. it's so it's like and i mean kobe bryant has passed now i do think the difference between deshaun watson and a lot of these other guys is 22 versus one or two yeah but even There's, that one is horrific yes a hundred percent yeah <laughs> but um you know t- 22 women are are kind of you know the the sports world just kind of ignores them sports fans by and large kind of ignore them we, we like to get up in arms for a for a fleeting moment which is the moment we're in and, yeah and by and large we we ignore it and you know if the browns go you know just say deshaun watson isn't suspended or whatever well let's just move to next year let's say next season the browns start seven and one are we gonna be talking about 22 women now should we be absolutely we won't be so everybody should feel the way they want to feel. Now, if you're pissed because Baker Mayfield is getting traded and is getting dragged through the mud over the last week, I can't help you there. That's on you. If that's the reason you're upset about 22 women, that's on you. But um, your people should feel there. There is some nuance to how we all feel, um, and, and some people can compartmentalize and say this. You know, I can still root for the Browns. I, you know, yes, Nick Chubb, Wyatt Teller. Yeah. Your guy, JOK. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I love Denzel Ward. Like, there, there's good guys all over the field. My, uh, and, and there's bad guys on every team. My brother, <laughs> my brother texted me. He's like, I don't know if I can root for the Browns. I might just have to go all in on the Bengals. I was like, don't Google Joe Mixon. Yeah. And he's like, oh. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah. Like, it's everywhere. Uh, and you know, that, you know, to talk about my Falcons a little bit, um, you know, there, there's two issues with the Falcons. One, I, I think what's messed up is, you know, they're talking eight or nine games, half a season for Deshaun Watson. Calvin Ridley gambled on games that when he was not even with the team and yeah. he's, he's going to get a stiffer punishment than Deshaun Watson's going to, mm-hmm. that's, that's the issue. Like, well, nothing ray rice two games 
Didn't they take, and then the video comes out, he's up to four. Well, and like, I always think about Ray Rice because that his career did end. Nobody ever was willing to sign him, but I, it fully happened because video came out and the NFL well, and, tried to quash that. Well, he was also on the back end of his career. If he's at the yes. beginning of his career, yeah. do you think his career is over from that? No. Yeah. Yeah. There were any number of reasons why it kind of got convenient, why Ray Rice wasn't signed. Um, but I mean, it took the video coming out for right. it to really sink in. Um, yeah, you, you keep bringing up 22 women because one of the things that's going to start coming out as some of these civil cases pan out is that odds are within those 22 women, some of the stories aren't going to line up. Right. And a lot of people are going to jump on that as a way to discredit all 22 women. Right. Which and, is what people have done with the lack of an indictment from the grand jury. Yes. Yes. And anytime, you know, working in the industry that I work in, I, I talk to a lot of people just casually and, yeah, I've already had guests that are like, man, well, you know, they didn't indict him. I bet these yeah. just a lot of women trying to make some money. And it's like, you know, I could see it where that might be the case with, with some. It's possible. It's maybe even probable. But it's also, in my mind, impossible that all 22 women are lying. Like the, the odds of that are just so stacked against that. You know, it's like, and that's where it comes down to, like, even if it's just one or two women end up being telling the truth, it's horrific. And a yeah. lack of an indictment does not mean he's innocent. No. It just means that they couldn't take him to trial. Yeah. Um, that there's a, There is a massive difference between being innocent and we probably can't find him guilty. Yeah. Because there's just something that doesn't connect, but that doesn't mean there's no evidence that it happened. Right. It means we would not have been able to prove beyond a reasonable doubt he was guilty of sexually assaulting all exactly these well women. said and, and what what sucks is we have had an issue for so long when it comes to athletes and celebrities when it comes to sexual assault and all of that where you you have you have two extremes you have the extreme where we always are going to crush the celebrity which i would probably fall more on that side um or, or you have the ones who are going to defend the celebrity and ignore the women. And I feel like oftentimes that segment is larger because you, you feel like, you know, take sports. It's very personal to us. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, a lot of people here in Northeast Ohio absolutely love the Browns. And Deshaun Watson's a Brown now. Yeah. Um, now, I wonder what the response would be if he was a Brown during all of this. Um I feel like then it it becomes even murkier. I think you have more people here defending him, similar to what happened yeah. in Pittsburgh. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, because especially with the way it went down, because you 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 kind of accepted like early last week. Okay, maybe he's gonna be here. I guess I gotta compartmentalize. You know, that's yeah, that's, that's probably the, that's probably the biggest thing that you don't have to do it if you want to still root for the Browns. You do have to find a way to do it. You mm -hmm. have to find a way to compartmentalize Deshaun Watson, the football player who is by and large loved by his teammates and is a great leader by all accounts on the football field and in the locker room. And he also is a scumbag uh, in his personal life. Um, and he's also a good guy in his personal life because he's done a ton of charity work and uh, has been very, um, very good to kids in the Houston area. So it's like, uh, you know, you don't, you don't want to take that away from him either. Yeah. Um, dang it. I was going somewhere with all that. I don't know. I don't remember. I'm really tired, but I mean, Again. Oh, we, so you, you had this where you were, you were trying to, you know, kind of compartmentalize it. And then the report came out that he wasn't going to come here. Yeah. And it was like, Oh, Yes. I breathed a big sigh of relief. I was like, oh, thank goodness. And then it was like, oh, he's probably going to Atlanta. And I was like, I was really like, no. Like, because winning does cure all. For better or worse in sports, it does. Um, even with people like you and me, like we could, we can sit there and kind of be like, the maybe grit our teeth a little bit if there's success for the Browns or always be something there that's like, oh, that sucks. But you'll enjoy the success. Yes. But with the Falcons, there would not be success. The Falcons are a dumpster fire. 
I did not want him anywhere near that. That was just going to be gasoline on the dumpster fire. Yeah, that was like really all of the other options kind of made no sense other than he's from the South and wanted to play in the South. Right. I mean, the Saints had, well, you got to see what happens with Kamara. Yeah. I mean, the, the Saints do have a good defense and they do have Michael Thomas and a few other weapons there. I could kind of see that one. Carolina, you have Christian McCaffrey, and that's it. Atlanta, you have Kyle Pitts. I, they might as well not even have an offensive line. I texted you, Matt Ryan played one Mississippi with the defense all year last year. Mm-hmm. I was hoping Matt Ryan was going to get traded here. That was going to be the best of both worlds. Now the right. my favorite team, but uh, they're not. I will root for them like hell this year though i want that dude to get a super bowl he deserves it man but that's not what we're talking about but then you know everything got flipped back on its head when i was looking (laughs) for matt ryan rumors on twitter that's when i found yeah out that everything happened and i just called you immediately um and here we are weird feeling when i got that text i was on a group i was in a group chat with a couple of other friends and we were talking about like okay like where the Browns going to go with this. Like at that point, the rumor had come out that Clowney was being offered a contract. We were just kind of like talking about some of that stuff. And then my one friend jumped in just like with four texts about Watson. And, uh, and then I was like, Oh, well, now I got to process this. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it felt weird then it feels weird now. And um, I'll, I'll be, I would be lying to you if I told you that I haven't thought about like what the team is going to look like next year and how the offense evolves. Like I've thought about it in pure football terms and, that part of me gets excited about it. And I feel weird yeah. about that. Um, and I probably will feel weird about that for a while. Um, it's like you said, we're Browns fans. We want to, we want our team to win and we're going to enjoy the success. And it's like, if I'm going to keep rooting for other players and rooting for my team, like I want my team to be successful. It's, it's a really weird line to walk. And I understand the people that don't understand it. Yeah. And you don't have to understand it. Yeah. Like, you I'm can, not... you can draw your line. You know, you, you can, and and this is it for some people. Yeah. And and if you, you know, choose not to compartmentalize it, that's fine. Absolutely. I completely get it. Cause, and, and there's, there comes a point, there has to be a story. There has to be a case where we stop enabling this in this way. Uh, And and I don't know what that looks like, but because, and, and this is the problem we have given, we, we have given people so much power. We, we have given celebrities so much sexual power. They can do whatever they want. I mean, my, my f- former favorite comedian, Louis C.K., would just jerk off in front of girls in his hotel room because he felt like he had power. Right. And, and it's like, now he's since been pretty well blackballed, uh, which sucks because he's, he was a hilarious comic. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I, but, but we've, we've given, we, we look at this, like what, what is to keep, what, what example is being made of Deshaun Watson? None. He just got 230 million guaranteed dollars. Yeah. And a contract that is built around him, maybe being suspended this year. Yeah. That's grimy. Yeah. And that's gross. And we're not, we're not doing enough as a society to like not enable that and, and almost encourage it. It's if you're good enough. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, it it sucks And, and it sucks because it almost makes people like you and I feel a little bit guilty for going. Yeah. I'll enjoy this Brown season. I mean, I don't. It, I don't know how you can't because if we if we're going to talk about how we've given them too much power, right. the only way to end that is for a lot, a lot of people to just simply say they're done. Right. And it's like that's the other option. Um, it's okay. like that sucks because we shouldn't be punished because yes. this dude couldn't keep a towel over himself. Yeah. Or were, I mean, some of the other allegations are just insane. Yeah. And, and it's like if they're true and it wasn't consensual, if they're true and it was consensual, whatever, like that's you, you guys do what you want to do. I don't care. I mean, we had a run, we have a running gag about cellmate for crying out loud. Like 
people are into things and that's cool. I more power to you. Um, if things aren't consensual and it borders or becomes assault. Yeah. That's not cool. Yeah. But I don't want to be punished because that, because people can't control themselves. And, and so it's, it's so hard because it's like who ultimately ends up getting punished and it's, yeah, you want to make an example. You want to take their power away, but ultimately you, you need the people who are in power to do the right thing. And you're correct. Exactly. They're they're not going to do it until we hit them where it hurts, which is their wallet. But again, that so the punishment of people like Deshaun Watson has to start with me. And that's not any more right. And I don't know how you make it happen. Right. I don't either. God, I this sucks. Know. It does. I don't know how you make that happen. Uh, I'm thinking about so like I knew I knew girls in college that messed around with Indians players. Uh, there was a Fininis in Berea that's no longer there. The building is no longer there, but it was only like three minutes down the road, three minute drive down the road from Brown's headquarters. Brown's players used to come in all the time. Kellen Winslow, after he broke oh, his leg, before boy. he blew out his knee on the motorcycle, but after he broke his leg, uh, would come crutching in there. And um, there were several Browns players, married Browns players, that would uh, would hook up with college girls. And I was listening to a lot of sports talk at one point at, at that time. And I remember one of the one of the hosts talking about one of those Browns players and how he's such a great family guy with his wife and his kids right. and just like lives such a great, you know, moral life. And I'm like, oh man, like I saw that same dude with two girls on him um, at Panini's last Friday. And it's like, you know, so it's like you see these things happen with athletes all the time. They're away from home. They're known, they're popular. Um, it's like, what am I, you know, you, you almost feel like you have to completely give up sports altogether. And that sucks because a lot of guys feel really empowered to do whatever they want. Even, even if it's just consensual and there's nothing wrong with it. If it's, cons um, if it's consensual, I don't care. I'm not asking yeah. these guys to be. No, but I'm uh, saying I, like. I'm not, I'm not asking them to be role models for my kid. I'm yeah. not asking them to, you know, have tremendous morals. I'm asking them to not treat people like shit yeah. and go play your sport. You know, if you want to go, you know, throw dollar bills on somebody and then take them back to your hotel room, go right ahead. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. Like, just make sure everything's cool. Uh, if you're going to, you know, call some Instagram model to your house to give you a massage, go right ahead. Just don't do anything that borders on assault period. I don't care what you do. Do what you want. If you want to give them the login to your cellmate, go right ahead. Like none of that bothers me, but you do things that border or become assault, border on or become assault. You're a shithead. And yeah. I, I think the contract with Watson is part of what just adds so much more to the griminess, especially because he didn't even play last year. And it's, but yeah. That sucks. That went longer than I hoped. Well, and but, you know what? Talking about the contracts, it's the reason the Browns got them. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Because the other teams weren't willing to go that high. So it's it just uh, the whole thing is it, it, grimy is a good word. It sucks. So grimy is a good word. Yeah. I, uh, you know, we, but we want everybody to understand that us enjoying the season will not be, uh, that's not going to be us condoning the actions of anyone and feel free to feel the way you feel. Yeah. I mean, and we, we understand how weird that line is. Yeah. And if it's just because of Baker Mayfield that just get over. No, I'm sorry. He's just a bad quarterback guys. Yeah. The league's telling you this. <sighs> I'm going to miss Matt Ryan. Rio Grande University is going to miss Dean Freetag as he enters his final track season as a as he walks quickly away. Yeah, yeah, as he as he walks so hard. Um, he, he, yeah, but we we enjoyed this time with him. Um, he's got one more track season left. He lets us into what it's been like to race walk, how he got into it from fast high school runner, college runner to <laughs> getting injured into race walking. Uh, but yeah, we really enjoyed this time with Dean. Uh, we know you will too. Uh, so here he is from Rio Grande. 
two-time, one-time indoor, one-time outdoor NAIA race walk national champ, Dean Freetag. All right, Dean, thanks for coming on from the uh, the lobby of your dorm. <laughs> thanks for having me. How you doing? Pretty good. Got, yeah. Just got back from practice. Yeah, you had some work to do on the track, too, getting ready for a meet. So big, big college yeah. guy. <laughs> He's a big yeah, shot, too. Good. I try I not to think of myself as a big shot. I don't remember college at this point. I'm getting old. Don't you still? That's how I feel it? looking. Yes. <laughs> that's how I feel yes. now. Being a being a fifth year, it's like the kids that are freshmen on the team with oh. me now were eighth graders when I was a senior. No, 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 no. God, <laughs> you feel it. Uh. What year were you born? Let's start with this. What year oh, were you no. born? Nineteen ninety-eight. Okay, so you were alive for 9-11. That's kind of where I have my dividing line between who's old and who's yeah. not. Congratulations. <laughs> you were here for that. Yeah. No, like, because, like, I work I work in the service industry and we'll hire high schoolers. And so they'll be yeah. like, they'll be like, man, I, I just feel so old today. And I'll be like, how old are you? And they'll tell me, they're like, yeah, I'm 17. And it's like, no, you're you're no. not. Like, to you, 9-11 is an historical event. You weren't even alive yeah. for it. So, all right, at least you're old enough to remember. That's yeah. That's dark. Um, I'm just saying. It's just like a little bit. In the last 20 years, 22 years. So, well, let's let's uh, let, let's not go as far back as 9-11. We're just going to go back to last <laughs> week. So Dean texts me and uh, lets me know that he's listening to us before a race. And um, I asked him if he would hit his goal. And and you sent me a video of the track. What What, what college were you at? Uh, we were at uh, High Point University in North Carolina, near Winston-Salem. That was a, a really cool uh, track and field venue. Yeah, th their school is insane. And they've just resurfaced everything. The uh, whole track was purple because their school colors are purple oh, and white. Awesome. That, yeah, that was freaking – that video made me – I wanted to go do speed work and – I don't like speed work anymore, but you were listening to us <laughs> and I asked you what your goal was. Yeah. You let me know. And I told you, if you hit your goal, you had to listen to us before every race from now on, which doesn't matter. You're fifth year and it's spring. So yeah. you don't have much, you don't have much more left, but um, yeah. are you going to be listening to us right before your races anymore? Or did we ruin it for you? Yeah. I, I still listen to you guys usually on the oh. uh, trips down when we're traveling. Okay. Well, good. We, we didn't lose a listener, even though you told us you didn't hit your, your goal that you had before your 5K. We'll try to make it worthwhile for you. <laughs> we just need to be a little more inspirational. How many more meets do you have this season? Uh, Shoot, it's only March. Regular season, regular season we have about five meets uh, left, and uh, we'll do a few last-chance meets uh, after, like, right after school ends to, for anyone else who needs to try to qualify. And then end of May, we go down to Gulf Shores, Alabama for the Outdoor National Championships. What what events are you partaking in? Uh, throughout the year, I'll, obviously, I'll do the race walk. Uh, and that, but I'll usually jump into a few 5Ks, 1,500. I haven't talked to my coach about possibly doing a 10K this year. Race walking. Let's yeah. talk about yeah. that. Because that you're, you're, uh, okay. you're you, you just won indoors national championship. Uh, now before yeah. the nat before we get into the national championship, I want you to go. I think it was was it the week before, where um, uh, shoot, I uh, I wish I had your results right in front of me. Um, you smoked the field by like five minutes. Oh yeah, the, our conference championship race. Conf conference championship. Yeah. What, was the, what was the distance? No big deal. Uh, 3,000 meters. Okay. And, and you smoked them by like, five, was it five minutes? Uh, yeah, I think five, five and a half minutes was the second place kid. God, that's in an almost two mile race. That's ridiculous. And it was yes. fun because the whole race, every lap, my teammates were trying to make me laugh and just keep me entertained <laughs> during the race. Every lap, someone would yell something different at me when I'd get around to where our team camp was. Man, race walking trash talk. I love it. I try How not to do that. My teammate loves to trash talk, though. And it's usually he's trash talking me. Okay. Let's go back a little bit. How did you even get started with race walking? This is the most niche 
like little offshoot of running that I can think of? So uh, originally, I came, when I came into college, I was a runner. I uh, walked onto the team and I did cross country season, had no idea what race walk even was. And we actually had a kid who was a high school national record holder in the race walk who came in with the same class as me. Mm-hmm. So I learned about it just because hanging out with him. But we go on winter break, I come back and I, as a no- normal freshman, I try to come back and push too hard and end up getting tendonitis in my knee. But and so I'm coming back and I can't score anything else in the conference because I'm not 100% yet. So my coach says, hey, we're going to have you do this to help score. Well, I practice it for a little bit and lo and behold, I was good at it. And the first race, I ended up walking 25-30 for the 5K and qualifying for nationals. That was your first race? Holy hell. Yeah, my first race, I ended up qualifying and... Uh, two weeks later, I'm in Alabama for my second time racing, and I end up finishing 12th in the nation. <laughs> 25, 30 in a 5K. Oh, yeah. I, gotta, I, gotta... I had no idea how fast I was going. My assistant coach was yelling splits at me, and I was like, I don't know if this is fast or not. And I come around the last turn, and I look at the time, and I knew what the national qualifying mark was. And I see the clock at the end. I was like, oh, wow, I just qualified for nationals. 2530 what? is an 812 mile. Yeah. 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 That's like my war- that's like my warm-up pace. <laughs> like yeah, that's, that's moving. That's, yeah. And I mean that was his first then, one. He's got Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And now my PR is 2149. <laughs> 2149. So that's a 701 mile. Holy <laughs> that, that was that was my last mile of my progression eight miler I did yesterday. My lord, um, <laughs> what? So like, what is the difference technically between race walking and running? Because I know there's actual rules in terms of making yeah. sure that your form doesn't get into like running form. So the rules are uh, there will be during a normal race. There's four officials, one at each corner of the track, and you have to have one foot on the ground at all times. And when your front foot hits, your knee has to lock and be straight until it's underneath your body. You can only bend it to bring it back up to, for your next step. And they'll have uh, these yellow and red cards. The yellow cards have, like, the little symbols for lifting or bending. And if you're kind of on the edge of it, they'll hold a warning card out to you. And you can get as many of those as you want. But red cards, you get three of those. And it's kind of savage the way they do it. If you get three red cards, they just tell you to get off track right then and there <laughs> it sounds there's like soccer kid, they show you yeah, the red card been, and just get off the field yeah there's been kid they showed him the red card with 100 meters left in his race that first national meet i went to he had 100 meters left and they told him to get off the track you told me about that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. i felt so bad for him because he was a senior too and it was his last race oh, oh god he was probably just amped yeah, like how do yeah. you kick? Like how does that work? Yeah. Like, are is there when you're pacing during a you know distance like a five k? Like, are you really pacing or is it pretty even? Like, are you doing even splits? Like, uh, are you negative? Is there a uh, kick involved? There, there can be. A kick. I've actually been involved in one uh, my sophomore year, I believe. Me and a kid from West Virginia Tech in our conference uh, were less than a second from each other at the finish line. And it's basically just like running to just quicker strides and usually shorten mm-hmm. the, your strides a little bit and just turn over much, much faster. Okay. So a little bit the opposite of running in that way because you tend to lengthen more when you're kicking and running. Yeah. Um, At least well, when you... I do it, my strides get shorter so I can just keep contact with the ground as much as possible just to pull myself forward. That's just ungodly for me to think of 701. Um, I, I, I do want you to... Um, uh, we'll get back to school in a second, but you, you won yeah. a race back in November. Um, yeah. And, and there's there's a fun story. I've told it on this podcast, but I want you to tell it. You did the uh, Perry Rotary Turkey Trot with me uh, around the corner from my <laughs> yeah. house. And uh, I want you to kind of tell us. We, we had some issues getting your results, and uh, I want you to tell yeah. us a little <laughs> bit about that. Now, it's probably one of my favorite stories from it just because of how everything played out. But so I decided to walk there. 
he dropped because they saw they had a competitive walk division. I thought, okay, this will be fun. So we finished the race. I come through and I came through at I think 22:30 was my time or 22:20 something around there. And we're looking at the live results. Andrew finds his times. I was like, hey, can you pull up mine? Because my phone was back at his house. And we can't find it. So I walk up to the uh, results truck. I'm talking to the guys like, hey, I can't find my results. So he pulls me into the truck and says, here, type in your name. He goes, oh, you didn't walk. You ran. I go, no, I didn't. And it turns out anything under nine flat and he set up in the computer counts as a run. He's like, there's no way you walk that. So I literally had to pull up my results from the Nationals. I go, no, that's not even my fastest time. I do this <laughs> I do this in college. I'm an All-American and a National Champion in it. And he's like, okay, yeah, we'll get that changed for you. And he put it back in there. So then after that, me and Andrew were joking around saying I broke the computer. <laughs> So uh, that, that's a good segue to you being a national champion. So take us back to what was it? It was May of last year, right? Yeah. Um, and you, uh, you, you were able to um, do something that not very many people can do, and that is win yourself a national championship. Um, that's something Brian Kelly can't do at Notre Dame and probably won't be able to do at LSU. Oh, man. That was good. That hurts as a Notre Dame fan, too. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. You beat Brian um, Kelly to a national fine. championship. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, take us through a little bit of that. Like, what was it like, one, to qualify for it? And, and, and two, to, like, get there and know you had a chance um, to win? And kind of, like, what was your um, – I mean, I, I don't know if we can get too much in the nitty-gritty of strategy of race walking. Adam and I will be totally yeah. lost. It's just kind of like the mental process, yeah. you know, during the race when you realize you had it and kind of what it felt like to cross yeah. the finish line too. All right. So qualifying for it was not to sign a cocky, but at that point being I was a senior and I knew I was going to qualify because my PR was well under the standard to get in. So going in, I was just focused on, okay, who's in the race. And look at the, uh, the race walk community is real small. So it's, Every year at any nationals, it's the same group of kids. Uh, so we're all real close. We know each other. And going in, there was about four of us that were probably a minute to a minute and a half faster than the next seed time. So that kind of made it a little easier on myself mentally because I kind of, I think of how to say this, kind of cut everyone off from it in my mind. Like, okay, unless they have a, a their best race ever, it's just me and these three. So I was able to kind of do that. And when the race started, we went out kind of slow. I think our first 200 was 55. So the four of us had packed up like we knew we were going to. And going in, a kid from West Virginia Tech, as I said, was a conference school and was one of our rivals. He was the defending champ. And the first lap, they had a water table because it was like 90-something degrees out there. So he goes over, gets water. I stay where I was, and I noticed everyone went with him. Because usually if you're in a big race, you pace off the top guy. So everyone was just kind of doing what he wanted. We did another lap. Uh, nothing changed. Next lap, he goes to get water. And I finally decided, okay, no, I'm not just going to do what he wants. So I just surged real hard. As my coach said, I about gave him a heart attack because it was not the strategy going in. I was supposed to pace off the top guy. So I do that. I lead the race for about a mile, I believe. Uh, and the kid, kid who was the defending champ, who I'm good friends with, Steven, uh, he realized, okay, he's not slowing down. I had to go get him. And in the process of trying to chase me down, actually, he passed me and then ended up getting disqualified because he was breaking for him to catch me. Which was uh, good because I was dead because I surged way too hard. But in that moment, uh, him and the kid that ended up getting second to me were right next to me. Steven gets disqualified, so I uh, kicked hard as I could. Uh, and with about 100 meters is when I realized, okay, I just won. And that last stretch was just surreal because I could hear the announcer coming over the speaker saying, you're national champion from Rio Grande, Dean Freetag. 
that's all I could think to do when I crossed the line is just I threw my hands up in the air and fell on the ground. <laughs> and all I could think is, did I really just do that? Yeah, I was, <clears throat> that was so awesome to see. Like I, cause I, I mean, we, I knew you were good at race walking. I didn't know you were that good. And then, um, and then your, your sister Ray, um, posted on Facebook that, um, yeah, you were a national champ. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like this dude yeah. did it. Like I, I, I was, I was floored now with that DQ thing. Like how's that kind of play out in your, you know, like you said, it, it was this guy, Steven, right? You said you guys are friends. Yeah. I mean, we're good friends. We, uh, he goes, actually goes to my rival school. Uh, West Virginia tech is the rivals of Rio Grande in yeah. our conference. But like, so how's I've that, raced how's him that... tons and tons of times. Right, but how's that DQ at nationals kind of play out between the two of y'all? Do y'all is that anything y'all talk about? What's the conversations been since then? Hard hitting questions here on RBR. <laughs> yeah. So after the race, obviously he, I understand he was mad about it. As he but he was super respectful, came up, congratulated me, I uh, thanked him for that. But we haven't really talked about it honestly. It was just a huh. race that happened and. In an event like race walk, DQs are a common thing, so it's kind of just okay. It happens. He moved on from it. Just but I still see him at races because he helps out with his school. Uh, we still talk and uh, race occasionally, and when he comes to meets unattached, because he graduated. I'm blown away by the idea that there's still tactics to this that you that you do go it's out and that you pace and kick and surge. Yeah, it's honestly very similar to racing. It's just different pace, and you gotta also keep your form. So you you've talked to me about like some of your bigger aspirations uh, for race walking. Well, and and you're yeah. you know you're a senior in high school. You're approaching your final in high school. Godly, it feels like you're still in high school. <laughs> um, you should still be in high school. No, you're getting ready to be done with college. Um, you're approaching the, the final uh, track season at, uh, at college. What's, what's kind of your aspirations for race walking beyond Rio Grande? Uh, so my goal is after this year to continue dropping my times and uh, hopefully get picked up by a company or a club or some, something of that nat nat nature to uh, make the move to racing professionally in the 20k and 35k and hopefully the goal is 2024 but if not 2028 to make an olympic team and hopefully wow. some world championship teams in between i like it where uh like where are there professional teams that operate or club teams that operate? Uh, there's not a whole lot of like club walking teams there's a few like there's a group that's based out of Raleigh, North Carolina, but uh, they have people from all over called the Raleigh Walkers. Okay. Uh, other than that, it's kind of just uh, groups of people, but I'm also hoping maybe uh, one day like a club running team will take a chance on picking up a walker and allow me to join their team. Because there's uh, some great athletes that I've gotten to meet throughout being a walker and uh, people are just kind of ignore because it's not a huge main market event and there's people doing some amazing things because uh the 50k which is a 34 mile race walk for example the guy who holds the world record for it walks i believe 630 pace for 34 miles yeah it's ridiculous it's faster than my hopeful marathon pace holy hell yeah he, he did 34 miles in three hours and 33 minutes Dear God. Yeah, just stuff like that. There's amazing athletes that people never know until they happen to see it on the Olympics because they're just flipping through and it, they show a snippet of it and then people forget about it. Right. So I'm hoping to kind of market myself and shine some light on the other uh, race walkers. So what's the, uh, what's the Olympic distance? Are there two of them? Yeah, there's two, the 20K, and it used to be the 50K, but they've switched it to the 35K for the for Paris. Okay. Okay. What, where, where's the result? I'm trying to pull up the result for this. 
I see I see who finished gold, silver, bronze. I'm not seeing their time. Wonder why. What's the standard to qualify for either of those distances for the Olympics? So the 20K is, I believe, an hour and 21 minutes flat. Okay. In the 35K, they're still working on doing it because it used to be kind of an odd distance that wouldn't race much. I believe it's somewhere around the two and a half hour range. Okay. I'm not not 100% sure on that one. It used to be for the 50K, three hours and 59 minutes. All right. So I'm, I'm getting this dude. So I got his full. This is a lot of math, Andrew. I know. Fortunately, I have a. So, all right. So David Tamala from Poland, bless their hearts for helping yeah. the Ukrainians. Um, 50K, he ran it in 350.08, which is a 724 mile average. That's still fast as hell for yeah. walking. Yeah. For that distance. Yeah. The crazy thing is at those distances, uh, they still have the three red card rule, but they actually have what they call a penalty box, like in hockey. Yeah, I saw so that. D- so if you get three in the 20K, you have to sit, uh, they pull you into this little area and you stop for two minutes. You can't leave that little area. But you can you don't have to like race walk around in that little area. You can do whatever. And then after that two minutes up, they they'll release you. Then you only get one red card. Is it? And after that, you're done. The 50k, I believe it was a five minute uh, penalty. But you just have to sit there and watch people go past you. Right. That's... A penalty box and running. <laughs> yeah. The shorter distances like 3k, 5k, 10k, they don't do that. It's only the the big major ones. Yeah. They should do that for. Um, they should do that at city marathons for people who don't line up in the correct corral. Yes. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Oh my there. God. Yes. There we go. When oh, we dude. Have <laughs> on <this> year. <laughs> or, or, or when you have the little kids that, or when you have the little kids that have the like Mario mushroom that says hit for power up the people that just look at them and run by. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. No. Yeah. Hit the, hit the, hit the little toadstool. Yeah. hundred percent. No matter. No, how, no matter how hard I'm trying during the race, I will still get, cut across the road to go hit yeah. it. Yeah, kids are awesome. Like that's it's it's worth it. You you get that adrenaline rush from them, and um, so and let, seeing let's them talk get little, all excited is fun too. So so you you still we we've kind of talked about running. You, you know what you want to do in running. You've talked about doing half marathons and mar- Well, you've run half marathons. Um, you've done yeah, one. I've done, I've done one. one. Yeah, I've done one half marathon. Uh, and you know, you've talked about maybe doing more than that too. Um, like, do you have any, any aspirations with running beyond, uh, you know, your, your college running career is pretty much over unless they, unless your team needs you to, to get points somewhere. But, um, yeah, you know, do you have any, do you want to continue to run as well? Do you have any goals with that beyond college? Yeah. I still like to run, uh, like occasionally jump in the, like when turkey trots may jump in there and just see if I can lower my PR or I'd like to at least, at least one time I want to do a full marathon just to see if I can break three hours. What was your half marathon? I can't remember. Uh, that one, I think I went like one thirty one one thirty two. I literally did it for just the fun of it. I had no idea what I was doing. Wasn't it over the and I went out way too. Yeah, it was, uh, over the summer after my freshman year of college, I just uh, went in off of like 30, 40 miles a week and was like, I'm just going to use this as a hard long run. But in practice, me and my teammate kind of turned it into a tempo the one day and we went like 128 over a long run. Yeah, you could break three hours. That could be okay. Yo, if you put yeah, the training got, in for it, 100%. Yeah. 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 We got a little excited one day. It was perfect weather. A light rain going, and me and a kid who's actually my roommate, Austin, got a little excited, and we're like, let's just see what we can do, and started picking up the pace. Just for fun. Yeah. 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 That. <laughs> oh, Dean. When you, have yeah, a group yeah. of, when you have a group of three or four guys, it, it makes it easier because people take their insane pace. Oh, for sure. But your favorite running partner has you on his podcast right now, and that's me. We just don't do very, it enough. Very true. 
Uh, so that's when, a great when, answer. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, now, now you're going to stay involved with, uh, with Ryo after your, uh, your time as a student athlete there is done. Correct. Yeah. Cause I'll be actually be back next year. Cause I'm a, cause of COVID. Um, I still have eligibility. I'm actually a grad student right now with my, for my master's. So I'm a grad assistant coach and an athlete at the same time. So oh, next cool. year I'll be finishing. So I'll be finishing my master's next year and still being a grad assistant coach. But I'll just be training to be a pro walker at that point. What are you going to be coaching? You going to be doing uh, cross, I mainly cross help or race walking. Uh, during cross, I'll help with the team. Uh, during track, I'll help kind of wherever I'm needed. But I'll mainly be helping with the walkers. Well, that's, that's awesome. You get to finish a master's and, you know, start bridging to something, something bigger and beyond, uh, you know, beyond just yourself and, uh, you know, yeah. something that'll hopefully be more of a career for you, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, it kind of sucks cause you won't be around here. I was hoping you just be coming back and we can go yeah. run more often. I'm the worst running partner ever actually, because <laughs> this dude asks me to run all the time. Like he's back for Christmas break and he's, he messages me before Christmas break. He's like, Hey, we should get together and run. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Let's do that. And then like three weeks later, it's like, Hey, I go back on Monday. It's like Thursday. I'm like, gosh, shit, I guess we should probably do this. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we did get out back in, uh, back in January. We, uh, I was actually looking at it the other day. Cause I was looking at my runs from January, trying to kind of see where I, because I'm kind of trying to build my base back up. So I was like, how much was I putting in in January? And I came across that run and I was like, yeah, I remember that one. My hands were frozen at the end of it, but it was good. Oh, yeah. That was a good time. And uh, I enjoy having you around and we, we have the summer. We'll get some miles in. May, oh, maybe for sure. When I get around to it, that's usually how it works. But Adam, do you have any other questions for Dean before we, uh, we kick him off his casting couch in his, um, <laughs> in his uh, dorm or like whatever. I, I didn't go to college. What's that area of your like dorm building called? Uh, a lot. This is a lobby. A lobby it's like a student lounge area. Just like most other oh, buildings have a lobby. Okay. You have to go to college for that. Oh, uh, what do you what do you prefer more, race walking or running? It's it's a tough one. I prefer walking because I better at it and i went a lot more i also for <laughs> running because it's what i did for six seven years before i found out about walking so i started to love for that okay and i still uh want to try to drop my times as much as i can even though i'm a just kind of middle of the road college athlete i got 1711 5k and 447 for a mile so i'm not winning many races running God, yeah, he's still fast as hell, though. That's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then, so, and then one day the, you'll be our age, and you'll just be really tired all the time. Yes. I <laughs> say, for example, running seventeen flat doesn't look as good. When I'm at indoor nationals a few weeks ago, and there's a kid that has a PR of thirteen eighteen. My God. That's yeah. That's stupid. Yeah. That's that's dumb. Okay. I don't want to talk about people that fast because that's just ungodly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Still though, chase, chase those PRs as long as you can. Absolutely. Yeah. And then and then you you just have to um you have to find that time where you you realize yeah I can't go after those and you have to like market and be like all right I'm I'm doing new PRs from here on out because yeah you you're never gonna match <laughs> where you've been. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, trying to get as come low up. as I can before that point. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're, you're not going to run 447 miles for much longer. So no. um, I'm but, surprised I did it now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to break five is nuts. Um, yeah. But, oh, well, dude, we really appreciate you coming on. Um, sure. And, uh, you know, thanks for having me. Just interesting to talk about, you know, like we, we've been wanting to have you on for a while. It's an, it's awesome to have a national champ on. It's interesting mm -hmm. to talk about race walking and um, you know, we, we definitely wish you the best of luck in your, in your final track season and, you know, on your, on your future of, you know, coaching and helping other people, which is great. Thank you. So, all right. Well, I look Adam, forward to being 
look forward to being back home and running with you again, hopefully. Yes, we'll, we'll do it. I promise. I'll be better over the summer, I swear. Uh, <laughs> I'll, get and I'll come around. And, and don't forget, guys, listening next week. Um, we, we did have to reschedule, but next week we're going to have on Tina Openray from the Women's 6K Championships that's taking place here in Canton, Ohio in June. Uh, we're going to do a live conversation and Q&A with her. Uh, definitely want you to uh, tune in live. Link will be available soon for our Facebook and YouTube. In the meantime, feel free to like, subscribe, review us on your favorite podcast platforms, help other people discover us, and maybe we can uh, pull a Dean and help, help, help other people out. Um, down the road uh, and maybe we'll be their superstition before races just like with Dean even if he doesn't have his yips <laughs> alright well I, I'll, hit it, I'll hit it next time alright well listeners we'll talk to y'all next week Adam I'll talk to you next week as well uh, until then enjoy your miles everybody <laughs> <laughs>